Hello, everyone. Sorry it took us so long to record episode three, but alas, we are back. Today, Cross Country Crime will be covering the infamous murder of the Black Dahlia. You can run while listening to this, but I might suggest listening in the middle of the day because this murder is quite haunting. To begin, Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, was murdered in 1947 at just 22 years old. She was known as the Black Dahlia because she loved to wear black sheer clothing. And this is actually a reference to the movie The Blue Dahlia. On January 15th of 1947, Short's body was found on Limert Park, Los Angeles. A mother and daughter on a walk stumbled upon what they thought was a mannequin, given how strikingly white this figure appeared, yet what turned out to be Elizabeth Short. She had been cut in two at the waist, drained of blood, and some of her organs had been removed and placed under her. Her stomach was full of feces, leading some to believe she was forced to ingest this before the killing. Most well-known was the cut on Short's face, which went from one ear to the other, extending her smile in what is known as the Glasgow smile. Yeah, so apparently this is what the Joker has, where his smile lines also extend. Um, I looked up pictures of it online, and it's kind of creepy. Yeah, I totally agree. Anyways, the body has been washed, so the police thought Short had been killed elsewhere and then moved to Limerick Park. There was a cement sack with traces of blood that had been used to transport the body, which was found at the scene of the crime. Yeah, so her mother actually didn't find out about her death until a group of reporters from the Los Angeles Examiner telephoned her, pretending that Elizabeth had won a beauty contest. This way, they could get a lot of details about Elizabeth before revealing what truly had occurred. This is deeply concerning for me, not just morally, but emotionally. Like, imagine sharing almost everything about your daughter to total strangers, probably like very intimate details and then having these people just show this to the world yeah and especially if i got the phone call i wouldn't think that my daughter was dead i would just be thinking like oh good for her you know yeah totally she should have at least been informed of the death before the reporters like interrogated her yeah this is like emotional manipulation yeah Uh, but it's like if someone like looked at looks around my house and my bedroom without a search warrant and actually fun fact it's actually against the law the fourth amendment forbids searches without a proper warrant i'm so Uh, proud of you dora for knowing your history thank you so much ashley you're the actual a push uh master but thank you thanks also off topic but do you like the whole beauty pageant thing because when it's with little kids i feel like the moms really push their kids and often it sets unrealistic standards Yeah, no, of course. The mothers can be super harsh, and they kind of force their daughters into it. It reminds me of Dance Moms and Abby Lee Miller. Not Dance Moms, bro, but but we are really off on a tangent. But before we continue, I must say that we stand Jojo Siwa on this podcast. Yes, of course, we love Jojo Siwa. And also, just one more thing. All this, like, child beauty pageant talk reminds me of JonBenet Ramsey, another very famous unsolved murder case. Yeah, let us know if you would like us to cover that, because that is actually a very interesting case, even though it's unsolved. Anyways, where were we? 
Oh, right. Elizabeth Short's mom had just discovered that Short had been murdered in quite a horrific way. Given all the strangeness and intrigue of the murder, the media quickly got involved. They talked about Elizabeth as being heavily involved with men. One police officer even said that Elizabeth, quote, knew at least 50 men at the time of her death, and at least 25 men had been seen with her in the 60 days preceding her death, unquote. Literally the bachelorette in real life, this woman. By the way, I'm behind in my bachelorette episodes. Also, that's off topic, but you know. Are you enjoying Gabby and Rachel? Yeah, this this season's definitely interesting. (laughs) Well, anyways, back to the case. I've got to say the police are really just getting into every random little detail. I don't see how that's going to help them solve the case, but good for them, I guess. You never know. I mean, one of the men that Short had been talking to could have found out about the other men, and then they murdered her? Oh, jealousy. Anyways, back to the case. Well, another fact the police found was that Short had wanted to become a Hollywood actress, but had worked as a waitress, struggling to enter a career in acting. Wow, I mean, props to her for having big dreams. Reminds me of the movie La La Land, but uh, as you will see, this one ends so much worse. But now to what you really want to hear. Who murdered the Black Dahlia? Well, on January 21st, the examiner received a call from someone claiming to have proof that he killed Black Dahlia. Then on January 24th, they received a package. By the way, the examiner is like an L.A. newspaper or no, actually not an L.A. newspaper. I think it's the L.A. detectives, right? Yeah, yeah I think the so. reporters. It's the reporters that like, yeah, it's, it's their like magazine or newspaper or whatever. So, yeah, sorry. That is what I meant. <laughs> where they were trying to get information um, from the Black Dahlia's mom uh, about her case. So anyway. Anyways, so they received a package. Now, what did the package contain? Well, let's build the suspense. Suspense building. 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 Bum, bum, bum. Hey, you said that after we revealed what was found, not before. Oh, oops, still learning. Well, for the big reveal in the package was Elizabeth Short's photos, birth certificate, business cards, and lastly, an address book with the name Mark Hansen on the cover, which becomes important later. Wow. So that is some good evidence right there. So, you see, after finding the fingerprints, the examiner must have figured out who the murderer was, right? Well, you see, not exactly. All those items had been wiped down with gasoline, so not a fingerprint was found. Oh, so like, that's it? It's a dead end? Again, not yet. Also sent to the examiner that same day with the other items was an envelope which contained a message from the supposed murderer. So like a confession? Will you stop interrupting me? Okay, okay, okay. Well, the message read, Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers. Here is Dahlia's belongings. Letter to follow. Okay, well, that's such a boring letter. It's so short. Like, what does it... It doesn't help. But I heard it was made of letters put together from magazines and newspapers. Now, that's interesting. And that is a real crime letter if I have ever heard of one. Honestly, you're right. I mean, we are not at tips and tricks on how to become a famous murder podcast even though we have brought that up a good amount. <laughs> but if you want the name and the fame, making a letter from cutout magazine letters will surely up your ante. Exactly. 
But going back to the letter, didn't it, didn't murderer say he was sending another letter? Yes. This letter arrived on January 26th, and it read, Here it is, turning in Wednesday, January 29th, 10 a.m. Had my fun at police, Black Dahlia Avenger. Oh, turning in? Does that mean they caught him? Like, just he voluntarily hurting himself in? Like, what's going on here? Unfortunately, no, that does not mean they caught him, for the police showed up at the location on January 29th at 10 a.m., like he said. But the murderer never actually came. Imagine. I always arrive on time. Sure you do. Sure. Anyway, so later on, the murderer sent another letter to the examiner. This one read, quote, Have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified, unquote. Well, after this, the police had to track the murderer down or try their best. 750 officers were put on the case and they interviewed 150 suspects for the murder of Black Dahlia. But nothing resulted in this. 500 people even confessed wanting a taste of the fame of this murder. But none of them were the real murderer. Hold on, let's stop here for one second. Why would anyone want to get famous for murdering someone? I don't understand. Exactly. People do weird things, and sometimes they would just do anything to get their fame. Anyways, the case went cold, but was reopened a little over 70 years later. Recently, theories on the murder have arised. Who wants to learn about these? Me! I definitely do! Okay, well, I can start with the first theory, and you can do the second. So, the first theory comes from the L.A. Police Department detective Steve Hodel. After the death of his father, Hodel found two photos of someone who looked like Elizabeth Short, and his father, George Hodel's desk. Bum, bum, bum. Being a detective, Hodel investigated his dead father. He looked at newspaper articles and witness interviews. He even had a handwriting expert compare his father's handwriting to that of the one in the Dahlia letters. There was a strong possibility of a match here, but nothing to say for sure. Also pointing to Hodel's father was that Elizabeth Short was cut in the surgical method of the hemicorporectomy which involved slicing the body below the lumbar lines. This method was being taught when Hodel had been in school to become a doctor. In his father's files, Hodel found a receipt for a bag of concrete, the same size and brand as that used to carry Elizabeth to Lemaire Park. Hodel even published a book called The Black Dahlia Avenger, The True Story. Wow, that's a lot of evidence. And props to you for pronouncing that word, hemicorporectomy. That is a mouthful. Anyway, so would this have been enough to convict George Hodel if he was alive? Not yet. Until after reading this book, Los Angeles Times columnist Steve Lopez requested police files from the case. George Hodel, suspected murderer, had had his house bugged because he had been such a big suspect for the police at the time. George was overheard saying in an audio recording, realize there was nothing I could do. Put a pillow over her head and cover her with a blanket. Get a taxi. Expired 1259. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. Supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. So basically a full-on confession. Thus, in 2004, the head deputy for LA's, L.A. County's district attorney declared that if George Hodel was still alive, there would be enough evidence to convict him. 
oh, that makes so much more sense. So you have this one theory here. Now, would you believe that I found another pretty convincing theory that a completely different person was responsible for the death of Elizabeth Short? Really? Well, well, let me hear this theory. Then we can discuss which theory seems more plausible to us. Sounds good. Well, so this British author named Pew Eatwell claims that Leslie Dillon, who the police had considered a prime suspect at first, was the real mur- murderer. Eatwell even thought that Dillon, working as a bellhop, murdered Elizabeth Short at the request of Mark Hansen, a nightclub and movie theater owner who works with Dylan. Hey, Mark Hansen! Isn't that the guy who was written on the address book that the Black Dahlia's killer sent to the examiner to give proof he was the murderer? Yeah, actually. Hansen had claimed he had given the uh, the address book to Short as a gift. He was a, a suspect at first, but he was removed. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, Hansen was actually one of the last people who had spoken to Short before her death. Ewell says Hansen liked Short and made a move on her. But then when she declined, he hired Leslie Dillon to murder her. Over not liking him back? I mean, are you serious? So the next time my crush doesn't like me back, should I, what, murder him? Most definitely not. Anyways, so Leslie had experience with this type of stuff. As one does. Really? Okay, just a joke. Nobody has experience with this type of stuff. You may proceed. All right. Well, as I was saying, Leslie Dillon had worked as a mortician's assistant and learned how to bleed a body dry. Dillon even knew details about the crime that hadn't been released to the public at that time. The most mounting piece of evidence against Dillon, however, was that of a crime scene at a local motel, which fit with Eatwell's theory. This was found in the Astor Motel near the University of South Carolina. The motel owner, Henry Hoffman, found on January 15, 1947, a hotel room, quote, covered in blood and fecal matter, unquote, as well as a woman's bloody clothes wrapped in brown paper. And now, see, instead of calling the police, Hoffman cleaned this up by himself uh, because he had been arrested for beating his wife four days earlier, and didn't want to meet the police again. Yet, Dylan was released, which Eatwell claims was due to Mark Hansen's ties with the L.A. Police Department. So I guess get in with the right people, eh? I mean, hey, that is not the moral of the story here. Well, those are our two theories. I'm sure there are more, but these are the two main ones. Which one do you agree with more? Because personally, I think there was way more evidence on Steve Hodel. I mean, pictures in his desk, a close handwriting match, and knowing how to do the dismembering done on the Black Dahlia are one thing. But an actual on-tape confession is a lot of evidence. What about you? Do you think Steve Hodel or Leslie Dillon are a more likely murderer of the Black Dahlia? Well, you see, I actually agree with you, Ashley. There is just more evidence against Steve Hodel, in my opinion, especially with his skills as a doctor and the audio recording, as you said. And... I can see why some people think that Leslie Dillon was the killer, what with him being one of the last people to see the Black Dahlia alive and the similarities between the two crimes. However, some of it just doesn't add up. Like, Hanson hiring him to kill her just because she didn't like him back? I mean, like, I get that people are crazy and they're psycho and they go to the extreme, but 
I don't know. It just doesn't really add up. I'm not entirely convinced. I will say that the fact that Dylan works as a mortician's assistant definitely creeps me out a little. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there's no way to know for sure. Comment on our Instagram about whether you think Leslie Dillon or Steve Hodel killed Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia. We will have a post up for you to comment about this. Yes, we will. And if you listen to us during your run, I hope we didn't scare you too much. Uh, Also, sorry we took so long to record this new episode. It's actually a lot of work to find an interesting enough case and then to research it and then write a script. But we are forever grateful for you fans. Yes, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode and DM us on Instagram if you have any ideas or interest for what case we should cover next. Adios, everyone. Not Spanish. Anyways, bye, guys.